2: I want to hear from you today. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For you, it may be the size of your paycheck. Mine is inspiring you to accomplish your goals and live your very best life. It's time to stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. People always talk about their purpose or gift. If you have a gift, leave with your gifts and don't let your friends, family or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. We will be discussing how to overcome the odds in life. My guests on the show today represent people who did not let stereotypes stop them from pursuing their dreams. One is a rising Hollywood actress on the hit comedy series Harlem. The show streams on the Amazon Prime Network. And my other guests went from directing rap videos to now becoming a university professor. They're making a difference in black Hollywood. Our theme today is that there is no perfect time to start following your dreams. We found him. He's here. And this is an old friend. Greg Carter. I'm gonna start i throw his name out now because this show also airs in Houston, Texas. Okay. So when I say Greg Carter in Houston, Texas, a lot of people gonna come close to the radio. Who Greg? He's a native of Houston, a graduate of Texas A and M, so he born and bred. with the school? Born there, went to college there, and also produces a very popular TV series in the city of Houston called Fifth Ward that airs on the Urban Movie Channel. When I first met Greg, he was one of the rising rap directors in the city of Houston, Texas. I mean, that's that's the early stage of rap when the ghetto boys out there, my mind playing tricks on you. You know what I'm saying? Bushwick Bill. That was back in the day, boy. But life is about adjusting and growing your brand. He is still directing movies and television series in Hollywood, but he's also teaching students at the University of Houston. Please welcome the Money Making Conversation Masterclass, Greg Carter. Greg, what's happening?
3: Oh, Rashad, thank you for that introduction. I'm so excited to be part of the show and to be back again. And uh, I just enjoy whenever we have a time to sit down and talk about what I'm doing and what's going on in the industry. So, so glad to be on this
2: call. Hey, Greg, I want to, I want to, oh, I know we got to go to break in a minute, but before we go to break, I want to talk about the, because we, we know when you and I met, I had a comedy club. I was a rising Comedian back in the time, this did I just performed on Def Comedy Jam with Dave Chappelle and Martin Lawrence and all that stuff, and you was doing rap videos. That's all I remember. Greg Carter, Greg Carter, Greg Carter. <laughs> but today, man, I'm looking at uh, you know takeoff. He was just recently uh, murdered in the city of Houston. Uh, Nipsey R- N- Nipsey Hussle, you know the the person who killed him. I think got sentenced to 60 years. And we can go further back in that Tupac. We can go back to a Biggie Small. But there has been a rash of hip hop violence and being a guy who, who in the early nineties was right in the, in the footprint of it, you know, out there late at yeah, night, yeah, seeing his lifestyle. Yeah. Oh, have you been able to conceptualize what's really going on? Or just, you just, you just throw your hands up and go, man, I don't know what's happening. Well, you know,
3: it's funny because the, the stuff that happened back in the nineties was really about the things that were going down between the labels. I mean, the, the, the quote unquote, Violence, black-on-black violence within the hip-hop game was really between the East and West Coast or the South. You know, it was normally defined by a region or a record label that had to be for another label. Right. These random acts of violence, as you want to call it, are just really a lot of it is between people who are looking for clout. Because if I can shoot this rapper, if I can hurt this individual, it makes me seem like a bigger person. I have bigger stature. Uh, And and there's still some things that happen between different artists or different camps that are beefing. But, you know, that's the thing. It it seems like there has been uh, we have kind of digressed a little bit about, you know, when it comes to trying to lift each other up and trying to solve problems without necessarily those problems ending up in, death uh i think it's uh it, it and it's not systemic to just hip-hop too it, it you know the young brother at uh at, at alabama who played basketball there uh the fact that he couldn't you know he can't accept rejection uh from a young lady he had to do something that was you know crazy and, and commit murder so these are these are the things that i think that are happening because you know, social media has made it so important that you keep an image more so than uh, show character when it comes to being under fire. And so, uh, and we're all going to be under fire one way or another. Some things are not going to go your way, but you have to be able to have the character to stand in yourself and, and not try to react with uh, something that shows, shows that you, 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 you don't have control of your, your faculties. And that's the real sad thing. We we've lost a generation being able to control their faculties. Cool. Um, you know, we would have, you know, we'd have those situations where we get into a fight, but we wouldn't go think I got to go get a gun and sell it that way,
2: right? You know? <laughs> I'm talking to Greg Carter, one of the top directors in Hollywood, uh Houston native. Uh, like I said, our relationship goes back to the early 90s when he was doing hip-hop videos and I was a rising star in the comedy scene. We'll be right back. Uh, talk about his Fifth Ward series, which has been renewed. Talk about his upcoming projects, movie projects. And also, he's a teacher. He's a teacher. He's also doing that at the University of Houston. Guess who graduated from University of Houston? I did. Guess who graduated from Texas A&M? He did. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversation <laughs> Masterclass.
0: You are now tuned into the Money-Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald.
2: Hi, I'm Rashawn McDonald from Money-Making Conversations Masterclass with your daily Minute of Inspiration. This week, I sat down with the host of the History Channel series, Adam's Eat the 80s, food author and culinary entrepreneur, Adam Richmond. He talks about the importance of getting familiar with success, but also getting familiar with the steps necessary to get there
3: uh bill maher once said we live in a guitar hero culture where everybody wants to play the solo but nobody wants to learn the chords yes and i think that uh these are people that spent time in the trenches and you don't realize how much sweat equity you know people hear about the success but they don't really pay attention to what it took to to get there and um i think that that's that's the coolest part.
2: If you want to listen to this full interview with Adam Richmond, it's available on MartyMakingConversation.com. Speaking to Greg Carter, a good friend. Good friend. Um, known him in the business as a director, known as the business, as a writer, a producer. Um, a lot of your projects don't have the, the, the massive budgets tied to them, whether it's a television series or it's a movie series. How do you... Sit down and and, and apply a budget to the project that you're trying to do, Greg Carter. Well, I think a lot of
3: times what I try to do is come from the standpoint of where can I get the biggest bang for my buck? I I don't try to dial back on what I envision as part of the story, uh, but I just try to find a place uh, in people around me who can believe in what I'm trying to do and all the locations where it works for the context of how much money we have to spend and push through from there. I've been very lucky and blessed that uh, Houston is my hometown and uh, my hometown represents all the time when I'm looking for people to be in front of the camera, but also looking for people who are going to be behind the camera to help me make the movies. And, uh, and, and that's, that's where I, I, I I draw my, put my, my flag in the sand, which is, you know, trying to try to find a place where you're going to get the support, and not all times you're going to find people who want to see your vision the way you do. But it, most importantly, if you can if you can find that place that that hometown where they got that, where they got support and love for you, that's a big part of making any budget work. Uh, but other than that, you know, you try to work within the confines of the of the unions, like SAG and whatnot, and try to figure out things to make it uh, most cost effective. Maybe you count. You try to uh, make sure your locations look fabulous, but the script you're going to shoot, you know, don't have 100 locations in it.
2: <laughs> <That's> right, right. <laughs> and also short the production window as well really helps out as well. Exactly. Um, when yeah, you look at yeah. the, what you're doing, like you have a, the Fifth Watch series, and then you have this hip-hop uh, Christmas series that comes about. And so that allows you to – how how has that affected your career? Does it, has it made you feel – uh, take a deep breath because you have pr- upcoming projects that you can count on or it l- gives you a resume that allows you to go out and get other projects? Well,
3: I, I would say to any young person, I, I teach, uh, you mentioned that I teach at uh, at University of Houston, your alma mater. So, <laughs> uh, I'm a professor there. Uh, I would say that the one thing that I try to do is take my foot off the gas pedal. I always can, continually feeling like, you know, I've got to be making sure that the job that I'm looking for is not one that I'm just dreaming about, but what are my goals to get to it and make it happen? Uh, I, I say to myself, I want to do Marvel movies. I say to myself, I want to, you know, win an Oscar, but I also know that that saying it and having a dream is one thing. You have to have goals and try to work toward that. So I've been very blessed and lucky to work with my a good friend, Atari Turner and Jamie Foxx on, um, Movies with uh, Viacom, CBS, and, uh, and to that extent, MTV. I've had wonderful partnerships with people like Brett uh, Dischmuk and All Black, and you know, with my TV series Fifth Ward. And you know, as I get ready to maybe move and do and do series, uh, do a season three and four, uh, that's come to fruition as well as, as well as the other stuff I'm developing. I, I've uh, uh, I, I, I've worked very hard to have the opportunity to have a voice. A seat at the table, and I think that's what you hope to have. You know, nothing is guaranteed in show business. There's always an opportunity, but you have to really go and drill and do the work to make that opportunity come to fruition. And so, another project I've been wanting to do for a long time is people don't realize that slavery was abolished twice in the state of Texas.
2: <laughs> yes. Right,
3: Abraham Abraham Lincoln abolished it, but people don't realize that Texas had slavery abolished first by a black man. Uh, Texas was part of of Mexico, Mm -hmm. and uh, a Mexican uh, president, he was the first black president in North America before Barack Obama. Uh, His name was Vicente Guerrero. He was uh, president of, of Mexico, and he was the second president of Mexico. And he basically abolished slavery in Mexico, which included at that time Texas. And that story was passed down to me by my relatives who lived in East Texas, which is Cherokee County, East Texas, of how we had relatives who were made free and then they became slaves again. And then it was free again, uh, some almost 40 years later with Lincoln. So these are things and I, I try that I, that I relate to. Uh, that that have that speak to me that I want to be involved in and, and tell, and so for that it, it means that I'm always uh, I, I I never take my foot out the gas pedal. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, before we wrap this up, and I I you know you're one of my favorite guests, and when you come on and you you articulate what I. They feel my audience needs to hear a degree of honesty because you've been there done that when you were talking to students and i think that's really a blessing that you know you always want to stay relevant you want to stay topical walking in the classroom and and, and teaching does that help you as a producer as a writer as a director being around young people articulating conversation back and forth movement with these people
3: it it, it certainly does i i was blessed i, I I'm one of those guys that started working on my doctorate uh, 17 years ago, and it took me just until last year to finish. But I was working at U of H starting at the beginning of around the beginning of the pandemic teaching. And uh, and so I just for me uh, trying to show my journey has never been, always been just about me. My journey has been about trying to help and uplift others, whether it's people who work on my film set or in this case, students. And get them the real information they need to go out there and be successful. I I, I told my students I'm not going to be satisfied until they can walk into any situation and know that they can handle it. Whether they're going to be a writer, director, producer, they can have those skill sets. And I want to try to build a film program at the University of Houston that is on par with USC, UCLA, AFI, and Tisch School back in New York. So these are the things that I, you know, uh, you know. One of the things that you do so masterfully, Roshan, is that you paint your legacy so that the world can see it with all the things you've done and the brands that you've helped build and I just hope to be able to do kind of like you help build my legacy through uh through education and uplifting young folks, but also by continuing to make movies that uh and t v shows that enlighten and entertain so yeah.
2: Thank you, Greg, for calling in today. we got to get you back because of the fact that you have so much to say. Greg Carter, uh, before we wrap up real quick, please tell them how they can reach out to you, Greg Carter, and we, as we close out the show.
3: Yeah, please. Uh, find, you can find me on my Instagram. Greg Carter Nexus at Greg Carter Nexus and uh, you can find me at the same handle on Facebook as well.
2: Thank you, sir. We'll talk soon. I want to thank all the fans who call in on a regular basis, the ones who just listen to the show. This is Rashawn McDonald. Every Tuesday, we'll be here on Money Making Conversations Masterclass and Greg Carter, thank you for participating this week, man. I always believe in you and I trust you. you. Deliver the information that my (laughs) audience wants to hear every time you call my show. We'll talk soon, okay?
3: (laughs) Thank you, brother. Thank you.
2: Appreciate you. She's on the show today because she's one of the stars of the Amazon series Harlem. Shaniqua Sunday. She is a actress, singer, and up-and-coming fashion icon from the East Coast who has been graciously sweeping entertainment interests since she was three years old. Three years old. That's when she realized she wanted to be this, do this for a living. Shaniqua's character, Angie, on the show Harlem has a big sexy personality and a fashion sense to match it. I know because I watched the first season and I've caught up on this season, so I am a fan of the show Harlem. In the show, Shaniqua's character is always worrying about a series of high-fashion looks, who she's dating, what whether, whether it's the right man in her life, but she breaks these stereotypes because it's about fashion and love. The show Harlem, if you're not familiar with it, shines the spotlight on four girlfriends: Angie, who I'll be interviewing in a minute; Camille, played by Megan Good; Quinn, played by Grace Byers; and Ty, who plays the role, who's played by Jerry Johnson, as they manage their careers and love lives in New York City. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation Masterclass for the very first time, Shaniqua Shande. How you doing, Ms. Shande?
1: Hey, I am wonderful. Thank you. How
2: are you doing? First of all, where, where are you calling from? Just just get a base. To, you know. Are you in a weather area that's really heavy and uh, snow or is it warm? Where are you at right now, Shaniqua?
1: I am in a bizarre weather area right now. I'm in L.A. <laughs> and we are having a bit of a rain. But some snow, I'm hearing in other parts as well. So um, global
2: warming is real. Well, you know, the the funny part about that, I lived in L.A. for 15 years. So I never saw snow. I lived there from 1990 to 2000, 2005. And so, so when I heard okay. that it was snowing, and then a friend of mine sent me some photos of uh, of actual snow in the valley and the valley really is the hottest part uh, of LA. Uh, I was like taken aback. so yes. you really are experiencing that uh, the temperatures in the 20s and all these things give us some yeah, give us well, your I'm, not,
1: I'm, in, I'm in the the bottom half of the valley. It literally is maybe 20 minutes from me It's snow. Wow. Because so, it's it's happening out here now.
2: Now, where are you originally from, Shaniqua?
1: Um, I was born in New York in Harlem, but I grew up in Virginia. I grew up in Richmond, Virginia, the 804.
2: Okay, cool. Well, I got—I got my youngest brother. He's in the D.C. Virginia area, Maryland D.C. area down there. So, so I, I travel there a lot. But I want to get into your life, your story. I, I always like to slow it down. This is not a show where I get to—I—I I, a show where I want to try to ambush little. Salacious question that's not what this show is about this show is about your career how did you get started and also if you can if you can impart some inspiring you know tidbits or tips to people who are listening to my show so I want to go all the way back to you wanting to be in be, be in this industry because I always admire people who get it at a young age and then pursue it as a dream and in your bio I read that at the age of three this is something that you Considered or it was something that was inspiring that was motivated that you wanted to do. Is that correct? Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. I grew up in a household with music and arts, and my grand my grandmother is a writer, and we would sing "Home from the Wiz and "Little Mermaid," of course,
2: right, <laughs> right, <laughs> just
1: all the time, all the time, and by. Three years old, I had fallen in love with the Tina Turner story, which I was too young to have been watching What's Love Got to Do With It. Way too young. But I performed Proud Mary in a mall talent show at three. Um, so it's always been the artistry. It's, been, it's the way I communicate. I've always been very, very clear as to what I wanted. A dreamer, some might say, but we live in those dreams now, and still got some more to reach. Um, But yeah, artistry was always there. My, my my grandma writes. My great grandpa played the harmonica. Um, and I always knew there were other ways to express myself. Even if I didn't have words, it's something else for me to do to help tell stories and to say all that I'm feeling and art became that.
2: Well, you know, I have to smile to hear a three-year-old doing Proud Mary, you know, did, did did you have the wig and everything back then?
1: I did not, and I wish I had some video because I would love to see me screaming at three, because that's
2: what it was at three. It was full out screaming. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so, screaming opportunities, scream opportunity. Screaming opportunity. Yeah. But you are actually a talented singer. I read that in your bio, you have a song Thank that you've you. just released. Talk about, because, like, just talk about the fact that I'm trying to balance, because obviously when you came into the business, it was based on your acting. And then when you say you want to mm-hmm. do something like become a singer, what do people, what do What do your management, your agents, or people around you, do they question that or do they say go for it? Or, I know you come from a family of talented people, but it's also an a world that you have to deal with uh, people who say stick to what you're doing, put all your efforts in one yep. basket. Talk to me. Yeah.
1: Um, that is very much what people say. And it's so surprising we live in this, like, Era, or at least in the, within the industry, there's so much belief and so much in what you can't see. There's so much faith in a project that doesn't have a script yet and all of these things and where we know everyone's an artist, but yet people want you to stick with what's working and what the paycheck they know and the way that they recognize. Mm -hmm. And so you get a lot of people who are supportive, but also a lot of people are like, well, music won't take off until you're a certain place in acting and focus on what you don't want to be a jack of all trades and a master of none and all of these other things. And I'm like, well, what would I be if I limited what my beliefs. I would have stayed in Virginia and did something else. So why would I not have as much faith in my music as I have in my acting when people said I wouldn't be able to do that, you know? wow. Um, And and honestly, what's so crazy to me is that God wants me to be doing this. And I say that, and I don't say that lightly, but literally every um, role that I taken in my acting career that has like been uh, pivotal in moving me forward has been music related. So I can't ignore what is destined down to Harlem. I'm playing a singer. Um, the movie before that bodied, I played a battle rapper that was produced by Eminem. And it's just like all of these things that, um, these cookie crumbs that God has been giving me are breadcrumbs that leads to so much more. And I, and Another thing that's so interesting by people wanting to limit is that I don't know one artist who only does one thing. Right. Right now, you can't be an entrepreneur and only do one thing. I love that. But specifically with art, I don't know one person who says, I only sing or I only write or I only act. uh, Megan Good, who directed my music video, is also a director, you know, and... Beyonce and everybody else well any the to my friends I don't know one single artist who doesn't express themselves in more more than one way of the form you know now that's important
2: so, yeah. that, that's important that you have those examples those are important that you see people who are doing it and then they'll turn turn tell you mm-hmm. go for it but I think because of social media how does social media play a role in your success now um,
1: the social media has been a very beneficial to me in a personal way, okay? Well, in the business of it all, you have access to people that you don't have access to. There's no gatekeepers with social media. You can slide in Oprah Winfrey's DMs. I don't know if she will see them, but you can, you know? And so I love that right now, especially in a place where... Um, there's a little bit of eyes. Um, It's kind of a social media allows the removal of gatekeepers. You know, you don't Mm. have to have um, someone's hub of publicist information or their agent's information or managers, you can just literally reach out to them or build a rapport through commenting and connect in that aspect. Um, on a personal <laughs> way, I've been blessed by social media because I've been working on um, taking up more space. Right. And I feel that I do that with fashion, and I do that with my dreams. But I initially ran to acting because it was a there was a place to hide as in, as far as like what I had to say. Like my voice wasn't as identifiable when you can put on Shakespeare's writing, you know. And so, what I like about social media is it allows for you to take up space digitally and to get into the practice of building the, the sales aspect of you, which is the share, the tail, the building relationships right. and those things. I really stretch those muscles with social media because it can be very hard for me to talk about what I've done and all of the things that like the bragging things that that feel like bragging but are influential in you making further business connections. You have to talk about it. You know, Um, and I find that I'm strengthening that marketing and sales muscle with posting on Instagram
2: and tick, or challenging myself to post on Instagram and TikTok more. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm speaking to Shaniqua Shande. She's one of the stars of the, of the series, the streaming series called Harlem. It's a comedy. It's on Amazon Prime. It's the second season. She just a new single out called Something About You that you can get. But more importantly, it's about her character, her ability to overcome stereotypes. When I watch that character, you know, it's a very high-energy character and um Mm -hmm. when we come back from break i want to talk about that but also i want to talk about the fact and let everybody know that this original character was supposed to do nudity and we're Mm going to discuss how miss shunday convinced them that that was not the path that she was going to go and obviously she's delivering because she's into the second season of harlem we'll be right back with more with Ms. Shaniqua Shande and her career and a discussion of how she sees a future beyond television, beyond streaming, beyond music. More of a Money-Making Conversation hosted by Rushan McDonald Masterclass.
0: We'll be right back with more Money-Making Conversations Masterclass with Rushon McDonald. You are now tuned into the Money-Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashaun McDonald.
2: Hi, I'm Rashaun McDonald from Money-Making Conversation Masterclass with your daily Minute of Inspiration. This week, I sat down with counseling psychologist and sports mental health expert, Dr. T.M. Mosley. She talks about the importance of changing the conversation around mental health and getting rid of surrounding stigmas.
1: Many of the aspects of mental health uh, have been heavily stigmatized. Mm -hmm. And for us, we want to change the game and change this conversation. We don't get to peak performance if we don't take care of ourselves. If we're going to do things to make sure our bodies are well, we have to do the same things for our minds. So there's a common misconception that when I say mental health, it's conflated with mental illness or mental disorder. And that is not the case. Um, Everybody has mental health like they have physical health. And we've got to do things to make sure that we check in.
2: If you want to listen to this full interview with Dr. T.M. Mosley, it's available on moneymakingconversation.com. I'm speaking with uh, Shaniqua Shande. She's one of the stars of Harlem, which uh, streams right now in the second season. Very good. Very good. It's about four ladies. Uh, Lead character is lead actress is making good in the series. Um, When when the opportunity was presented to you, Shande, to be one of the audition for this role, nudity was one of the, um, what they do, they send out sides. And they tell you, sometimes these sides, they'll tell you what type of person they're looking for. They'll tell you, but they also tell you certain certain things. They might want you to be athletic. They might ask you, do you know martial arts? They might ask you uh, if you know poetry, or if you can sing. These type of things come out in sides. But also inside sometimes they'll tell you whether or not clothes are optional or they would expect new, new, new parts in this. This would happen, this was presented to you, Correct.
1: Yes. yes, yes it was. Um I got the notification while I was at the mall.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why
1: like so important <laughs> because the response was just that quickly, or just that quick. I saw, oh, it's an untitled, I didn't even have a name yet. It was Untitled Tracy Oliver Project, and every black actress she had just did Girls Trip was ready to work with her. Right. Um, and then I saw that the role required nudity. It's a must-do nudity. And immediately, well, um, I already have, kind of like an understanding with my representation at the time that I don't even audition for that type of roles. If you see it, don't send it to me because I don't want to be tempted, like all of those things. Um, and also because i like, you're going to get so much time, you're going to get my tears, my vulnerability. You're gonna get my pain and fears. You don't gotta get me naked too. Was <laughs> um,
2: <so, laughs> it? You gotta get me naked. I, I, I'm gonna give you some. I'm gonna give you some okay. emotion. I'm gonna give you laughter. I'm gonna give you okay. energy. I'm gonna give you my smile. You be there all day,
1: keep sweating, bleeding, <laughs> all of it. But we, I, nobody else has to get naked for their job. I'm not doing it for mine. Oh, I love you.
2: You <laughs> and then so. But did you? I did you? Did you fear? But did you not fear losing the opportunity? Because it's Tracy Oliver. And Tracy Oliver. I know she it said "Go" is girls' trip. Humanity. That was the hit movie that uh, Tiffany Haddish really made her career. What well, it made her the star she is today? Was that movie that was done with Will Packer production? Huge. Mm-hmm. You get this call. Yeah, Tracy
1: Oliver. She makes made a superstar I mean uh, Tiffany was who she was but the launching pad and the show the the pedestal that was created around her with Girl strip and just the amazingness of that film and first live clubs and everything else and to seeing first Wild club and knowing that she shoots curvy bodies you know very well and loves us it felt it did feel like a big risk. Um, I had literally maybe a couple of months prior just came across a message from another actress. She spoke at a church, and I found the video. It was like Edwina Finley, I believe her name is. And she um, talked about an opportunity where she booked the gig, like actually had it, it was hers, and then had to talk to the director about not wanting to do nudity. And I just believe.
2: that okay, let me get you straight. So, so, so another actress booked it, mm. the same role.
1: No, no, no. This is another project she did. That she oh, okay, did a okay. Speech a few years ago, and I came across the video. Okay, and she talked about how she had to talk to the director about not wanting to do nudity after she had already booked the role, mm-hmm. and I just. It helped affirm me and give me permission to stand on my ground even more. And honestly, I feel like anything that is for me is going to come to me. I don't have to push my more, adjust my morals for it. Um, I I definitely don't have to adjust my beliefs for it. If it's supposed to be mine, it's going to come in the way that I'm able to receive it. Um, and if it's not, then bless the woman who gets it. But I'm so grateful to Tracy because literally within 10 minutes or so, I was still in the same location. I got a message, a call from my agents at the time, and they were saying, you know, she doesn't want you, you anyone to feel uncomfortable. Um, you don't have to do nudity. And I was like, she doesn't even know me. I haven't even auditioned for it. She hasn't seen my work. She don't know my name from Adam and would be willing to adjust the integrity of our character for someone she hasn't even seen read for. I was like, well, that's somebody I want to work with.
2: Absolutely. You know? Well, here's the funny More part so about this character know, that she plays, Ms. is plays. It's, uh, it's, it's Angie. Hypersexed. All she talks about is in, jumping in and out of bed all, all the time. 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 And she's the curvy uh, member of the team, and I bring that up because we have so many stereotypes in Hollywood saying that you, they need to look a certain place. And then, I, I read this article about uh, this this quote that uh, that out of you saying, "Being a dark skinned, curvy woman with a gap teeth, kids are hard." So I'm assuming, as you as as a as a person who grew up, you had to deal with this look and maybe some bullying. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah, I was.
1: I was uh, (laughs) traumatized as a child. (laughs) Um, And it's like, you know, it's being curvy, it's being dark-skinned, it's having a gap, and also having the audacity to be who I am, which is someone who takes up space. And so, (laughs) especially coming from the South, where we are told to be as small as possible, Mm -hmm. Like that, those beliefs are still in Virginia. The monuments of slave owners and civil uh, Civil War leaders um, that were are still celebrated, which was just pulled down a year and a half ago, and that's because black young black activists did it in the city. So the through line of Know Your Place is a big thing in Virginia, and.
2: I don't um, abide by uh, those kind of rules, so I got tortured because of it constantly. No, but that, but like I said, in knowing who you are, and because um, we've all, I, I know, I, I can have examples of me being bullied because when you are different. And, and don't want to comply, people tend to want mm-hmm. to uh, personalize that by attacking you or trying to break you down. And when you look at Hollywood mm-hmm. and you look at the character you play, uh, just give us your version of what your character is because I'm a viewer. I'm a fan. I'm watching the show. But what, did, what do you like about your character, Angie, on Harlem? And then let's find out about that. And then let's talk about the relationship of the other characters that you interact on the show. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. What I love the most about Angie is her bravado, how she loves and values herself um, in spite of her circumstances. Like nothing that you could say to her outwardly, um, nothing regarding her career, having seemingly nothing, (laughs) being on her friend's couch being unemployed she still knows who she is completely and utterly and requires the world to respond to that level of herself she's the superstar whether she's got a record deal or whether she's unemployed and being in a time where we are so obsessed with looking at others i think it's so beautiful to see a dark-skinned, curvy, confident woman who fills her own tank, and it does not—it's um, not based on how other people see her at all.
2: Okay, now that—not explain to me the characters. Now you have your character, and I'm gonna just yes. is Your character straight on the show, correct? Yes. Okay, then you have May- um, no.
1: I'm not actually. I'm like, do I know? I feel like there's been moments of hearing about Angie experimenting with women before but we haven't
2: seen it right 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 Mm -hmm. but i'm just talking about from what we've seen on the show and then you have uh, yeah but
1: i'm saying there's been conversation there's been moments because you you know something
2: we we we, we won't get too detailed we won't get too detailed because i was about to bring up some other topics on the show we probably lose our license messing with you on this show today and then and then Megan's character a good character is, is 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 bouncing between two guys. She's confused from a love perspective, and then um, yes. and then Ty's character, she just uh, divorced her her husband, and because she realized who she really is, that that was not the life that she wanted to live, and she's living her life as a queer, and so she's defining that. Now the one character I'm really is confused about is Q. Who is she? Quinn? Uh, Quinn, Quinn, excuse me, it's Quinn. Quinn's character. Who is she? Mm-hmm. You know, because the last episode that I saw, you know, she found this guy. Then she realized that, hey, I haven't found who I am, and and, mm-hmm. and basically, potentially, she walked away from from the true love of her life. Where is she seeking love, Mm -hmm. and who is she, and does she have a balance in her mind? Because her mom, played by the amazing Jasmine Guy, by the way, Jasmine Guy's amazing, and that Whoopi Goldberg, I can't get enough of her on this series. She's just fantastic, and everything that she does with Megan Good is gold. If If you just watch the episode just to see... Jasmine got pop in. She plays Quinn's mother on the show, and she just let her know that it may be a mental issue because she let her know about her father. So these characters with all these dynamic emotional threads—where is from an emotional standpoint in relationships? Does Quinn stand?
1: Um, I think, like you, I think you said it. I think Quinn is standing to find a relationship with herself. Right. I think so much of who she is has been determined by the boxes that she believes she needs to check for her mother. It was for her family was being as successful as possible. And she did that in the the financial industry and wasn't happy. And so she went to artistry and she's like, okay, well, if I can check this box about love, um, that will make me happy. So she's been pursuing a partner as the way some people pursue a career. And realize, and completely neglecting her own mental health and wellness at the same time. She's the strong friend who is there to support everyone, to um, be your sounding board and your um, support system and place of encouragement. But doesn't quite have the voice to say when she needs someone. And I think you really get to see that in her battle with uh, mental health this season, and finally having the courage to ask for her friends and say she needs them. Um, Ultimately, yeah, she found someone she loves, but it came at a time where she's really needing to take care of herself. And I don't think she would be, it would benefit her as a human being at all, knowing that she, her cup is empty right now. And that she's in such a space where I'm, trying to become mentally stable to jump in a relationship. And so I think it's actually very brave of her to say, especially since she's been choosing and running after men and, and wanting to be chosen so badly, to finally say, actually, the most important relationship um, that I have and can have is the one with myself first.
2: Well, that's the beauty Thanks of this show. Going
1: with my queenies. Yeah, that's the beauty mm-hmm. of this show
2: because of the fact that there are four women Each one of you, each one of the characters is is definitely distinctively different than the other. Each carries their own emotional baggage or relationship baggage, but they're girlfriends. And they're girlfriends who, and I was just thinking back, back when I was in college, you know. And I and you know some I had some boys that I ran like that and, you know we we went out we we had each other's back we talked we had our guy conversation and we and we lived that life and so but this is a lifetime relationship that we see that's being presented out here and the beauty of this last episode I can't even reveal the cliffhanger that they put on this last episode. Y'all just got to watch it. This this, this cliffhanger they put on this last episode, I will not give that away, Shaniqua. They just got to watch this past episode to be prepared for the episode that comes out this week. But again, I'm so excited for you in this series. as, As we leave, what other projects are you working on? I'm working on music
1: right now dropping some new music and you know what i'm i've always been very very um bold with my my ask of god i want an international action comedy next i want to be running through morocco and milan and laughing and doing press all over this world i think um i think would be really joyous and being able to experience some of that and this past season with the physicality of Angie, um, I want to do more of it. I want to ride more bikes, play with helicopters, fall, jump, and all of those things. <laughs>
2: Well, I'm going to be right. If you can hold on a minute, I want to ask you one more question before we go after we come back from the break because you've been a fantastic interview. And the and the, the, the whole importance of this series is that I know there are a lot of women, there are a lot of um, teenagers who watch in my show because it also airs on 21 HBCU stations across the country. And I want you to just mm-hmm. talk about the empowering when people are negative, when people are hitting you with stereotypes, how you react. So I just want to give you a few moments to just really think about what, you, how you would like to respond because this is important when people tell you what you can do and you have to sometimes follow your dreams. I shouldn't say sometimes, follow your dreams, but you got to do it with a support group.
0: Let me tell you about the host of Money Making Conversations, Rushan McDonald. He's a social media influencer. 80% of his 1 million plus social media followers are female. Rushan's a two-time Emmy Award winner, three-time NAACP Image Award winner, sitcom writer, stand-up comic, and former IBM executive, and he has a degree in mathematics. More importantly, Roushawn McDonald will interview his business and celebrity relationships to empower you with tips to succeed in your career that you can only hear in the Money Making Conversations Masterclass show. Money Making Conversations Masterclass continues online at moneymakingconversations.com. And follow Money Making Conversations Masterclass on Facebook, Twitter
2: to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.
1: You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to
0: get started. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip.